Welcome to CXWise, the podcast where we share wisdom, insights, stories, and expertise from the world of customer experience. Hi, I'm your host, Nathan Bennett, and you're about to hear real-world experiences and practical advice that will elevate your CX game across no matter your industry. Today, we have a very important guest that I would like to take a few moments to embarrass by telling you how awesome he is. Vincent Washington is a CX leader who has had the rare opportunity to be on both sides of the customer experience equation. From his role as a social media manager at UPS and then transitioning to digital marketing at LinkedIn and Amazon, followed by leading customer experience management at Sprinkler with a little pit stop in academia. He was an early adopter of digital influencer marketing and is a prime example of what a customer service agent or social media practitioner can aim to achieve when they set a goal based on their passion. And Vincent has lots of passion and I can't wait for him to unpack that for you. He's strategic in his approach to helping brands improve their customer service experience, drawing from his own experience and deep understanding of the industry. He has innovative ideas on using digital tools to lessen the burden on agents, and he believes that AI will change the industry for the better and lead to formulation of better success metrics. He is currently VP of Customer Experience Best Practices, a group at Sprinkler, the true unified customer experience management platform. Welcome, Vincent. How are you doing, my friend? Was that embarrassing? Did I miss anything oh, that's amazing God. about you? <laughs> Very embarrassing, but thank you, Nathan. No, it's uh, good, it's good, a good. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to be here. So, well, let's before we get into the nitty gritty of customer experience, I want to know a little bit more about you. So, we're going to take a few moments to ask you questions just to kind of break the ice. Question number one. What was your first customer-facing job, and what did it teach you about customer experience? Ah, great question. Um, right out of school, University of Michigan, I became a store manager at a company called Egghead Software. So these nice. were like computer software stores all over the U.S. at some point. Um, mm -hmm. uh, started by Paul Allen of, uh, of Microsoft yeah. fame, and um, it really taught me... I think one of the foundations of, of kind of what I do today is like, how do you explain technology to uh, non-technical people and highly technical people? And so how to be in that, that um, being able to understand and pivot and, and communicate effectively. So it was really, I think, one of the foundations of my career. You recently passed 1 million miles flying with Delta Airlines. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. What? So here's the question. What is Delta doing that other airlines should emulate in the realm of their customer experience? So, um, you know, I, I logged in and I saw that I was, hey, you're close to, almost close to a million miles. And like, it was like a month ago and I, uh, I forgot about it, right? And, uh, and so then I was on a trip and I, my name comes in on the loudspeaker and um, uh, two Delta great people came up and said, hey, you know, you're at a million miles and they thanked me and they celebrated uh, me at that moment, you know, and, and it's, we had no idea that we, we were going to talk about this, but actually I got this from Delta, like in the mail, a couple of weeks later. Oh, no um, way. What is that? Yeah, it's a million miler kind of like package. And um, and there's a letter from Ed Bastian in here, personalized no way. to me, thanking me. Uh, and then it's this like nice piece of uh, crystal. Um, oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. And 
to your point, um, it meant something to me, and I have it here yeah. on my desk. Where you can see their attention to um, to making the experience better, and I mean, they're a great, great example of a of customer experience. We often talk about the worst customer experiences that we've had. Um, I'd like to hear one of your best customer experiences. We just talked about Delta, but mm-hmm. can you think of one of the best customer experiences you've had in recent memory that's maybe like on a lower level? So there's a couple that that immediately um, stick out in my mind. I was um, helping my daughter move and we um, hired some movers. And and, uh, and this moving company, they, they said there were three guys. They were professional. I mean, they... Uh, communicated clearly what, you know, how long it was going to take, what they want to do, what their strategy was for moving, you know, Mm. their their items. They took care of everything. You could tell they were working efficiently. And um, and it's just, I don't know, courteous. You know, Mm -hmm. I I grew up in the South and it's always been a yes, ma'am, no, ma'am for me. Right, right. But to hear other people, you know, articulate that back uh, as they're providing a service for us, um, was, was really special. And they, they got us there, got us there efficiently. And like I said, they, I knew their time was important and, and they made me feel like my time was important. So that, you know, that's just a offset one of, of, of a local company that did really a great job. Man, I, I love what you said about the, the, the movers who understood that your time was important too. Their time was important, but they also understood that efficiency and care of those items was key. And how many times in customer experience are we frustrated just because of the time aspect? We feel like this is such a drain on my time and I can't get that back. I love that perspective. All right. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. So you've, like I said before, you've been on both sides of the customer experience management equation. Uh, As a social media manager at UPS, where I'm sure you handled lots of customer queries and complaints and now as VP of CXM Best Practices at Sprinkler. My question is, how has the role of a customer care professional evolved over the course of your career? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, one, is it's always evolving, uh, but there's some foundational, I think, things that occur. One is uh, customers, they have the ability to... Um, to reach out to you with multiple channels that we all know from mm-hmm. social to phone to email to chat. So there's this huge emphasis on um, their availability to uh, to reach out to a brand and and the expectation that the brand is listening to them regardless mm-hmm. of um, of what medium they use. You For know, sure. sometimes they're not even talking directly to the brand, but there's an uh, there's an expectation that that uh, a brand is listening. And so I think that what one immediacy is something that um, has always been there, but it's like escalating more and more and more. Hmm. Um, so that multi-channel um, input that customer have is something. And then I think there's also um, from the brand's perspective, um, it's a level of how do we engage, how do we anticipate, but then how do we also um give customers the ability to self-serve and discover the questions themselves. So, you know, a lot of times they don't want to speak to you, but they want to find right. the answer. So can you uh, be a facilitator of that? Hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I think as um, 
customers as as newer generations come around and become customers those expectations change too you know i think um probably my parents would want to speak to somebody on the phone whereas yeah. you know i might not want to speak to anybody at all um if i can resolve that the the problem on my own for sure um being a customer service agent can be a daunting task but i found uh, in my conversations with so many of them that they're there just to truly help people and it seems like empathy is key to to that role i'm wondering what advice you could give uh potential contact center agents who are looking to grow beyond that role of an agent yeah it's a great question um and just working with you know, several care customers, uh, but also marketing customers. We had a great synergy of Amazon, for example, the marketing team, we would always brief the care team of, hey, here's a promo, here's what we're doing. You can expect volumes to increase because these campaigns are going out into the market. And, uh, and so that better uh, prepared the care individuals around what to expect, where to route them. And then you would get some um, care individuals, like, you know, they have a growth path in their mind and their own personal goals beyond, um, beyond the ranks of getting higher within the customer care organization. Maybe they want to bridge out, uh, into marketing. And we've seen several of our clients and our, and my peers in the industry actually, actually do that and be really successful because they've been very close to the customer. Like they've been very close to the customer pain. They know the customer stories so when they go and move and they try to either make or bread a product or become, you know, someone in the sales organization, uh, they're more relatable because they've been on the front line, so to speak. Hmm. I, I, I love that, too, just the thought of them being on the front line, too. Um, I want to kind of unpack that a little bit more. You know, we see reviews and, you know, ratings are, you know, very, very stressed in the CX industry, right? Agents are at the mercy of customers rating them, uh, which has a lot of implications about mental health. Um, how does one deal with thanklessness from a customer? Um, how do you make your teams care about their work when all they're getting is negativity? What do you feel like companies and brands could be doing better to take care of their agents and make sure that they're doing okay and that they um, remain safe? Uh, but also motivated to to do that work? That's a great question. I think um, like being a, a people leader and, a, and the responsibility that I have of, of my leaders is that it doesn't matter what um, the company's values are if it mm -hmm. doesn't, if I don't represent it, right? You know, the, like the company's missions and company's values, they don't extend, in my opinion, past your personal leader. And so if I don't exhibit that, whatever those uh, core values are, then it's not going to trickle down to, uh, to my team. And so what I've always tried to do, and especially in the care organization, um, yeah, they are on the front lines of a lot of negativity. And especially, um, you know, like you said earlier, UPS, like when we had that digital care team, we got the volume of people when they were at their most stressed. You know, I'm looking for this delivery that could contain medicine or could contain a special gift at a special time. So there's always that high end pressure. Um, and so you as a leader need to understand that, you know, they aren't robots. They're dealing with that. And then there there has to be time built in 
to decompress from those calls, but then also uh, empower them as much as you can to resolve it. I think most of the care experiences that I've had that, uh, that were unsatisfactory wasn't because Mm -hmm. the person wasn't, um, emotionally engaged in trying to resolve my issue. It was that they were not empowered by either systems or policy or process to actually help me. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, as leaders, you got to figure out two of those one understanding the emotional IQ and EQ of your team and being, having a pulse on that and, and, and building, um, breaks and team building and systems to, to allow them to rejuvenate. But then also you have to look at, are you empowering them to answer the volume of calls that are coming or to add, to address the issues that are coming? Right. And part of that may be, as we talked about earlier, how the game has changed with can AI interpret what your volume is, and then you can properly address that. Uh, so the care agent doesn't have to do it. Um, or do you, does it give you the baseline of what the problems are so you can take that internally and structurally fix it at scale? Um, that will minimize the, the volume of calls you get anyway. I think that's a, a huge thing that you touched on about empowerment of the agents. I know I can think as a customer, so many interactions that I've had that have become frustrating and I've had to check myself because I'm like, I'm getting frustrated at this person, but I have to realize that they have not been empowered to solve this problem for me in a way right. that's efficient or, or meaningful. And so, you know, you kind of have to say, I find myself, I find myself saying a lot. I know it's not you. I know it's not you. <laughs> right. But what I need is X, Y, and Z. So can you, you know, who can address this for me? Uh, I love what you said about it's going to trickle down from the leadership. And if your employees are going to show empathy uh, and resolve and and kindness and understanding, they've got to get that from their leadership. And I think that's key. And I think a lot of organizations that miss that key point. Um, I want to pivot to something you said I thought was really interesting in um, in a recent interview you had with uh, CMS Wire. You mentioned that, and I forgive me if I gave this quote wrong, but I think you said that personalized and not relevant is a thing. <laughs> right, right. Personalized and not relevant is a thing. Can you unpack that for us and give us a little bit of context? And because uh, I, I love that, and I, I'm probably going to want it on a on a T-shirt or a bumper sticker. Um, <laughs> so, what do, what did you mean by that? I love it. I love it. If you could just give me a little, you know, credit at the bottom. Oh, oh, oh yeah. You, you'll a- absolutely be quoted. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so for me, uh, so one of the brands that I support, um, they, they send me emails all the time, you know, and, and there's always been this debate is email dead is email relevant. And, and what I noticed is that I would get, um, an email from this brand and it'll say, Hey, Vincent, and so they got the personalization right. Uh, but then the rest of the content that's in this email is not relevant to me at all. I mean, there was hmm. like dresses and some other things. And it's like, like, I don't even, that's not even, if you even looked at my buying profile, you could get a little bit closer. You personalized it to me. So, you know, my name, but none of the content that you've delivered to me is relevant. Hmm. And so that's where I challenge, you know, some brands that we talk to around um, mentally someone someone somewhere is checking a box saying, hey, we have 
personalization campaign and it's working. And, and my challenge is, are you sure? You know, mm-hmm. that they can be completely personalized, but not relevant. And, it, you know, it kind of defeats the whole goal of what they're trying to do because it doesn't right. seem personal at all. You, know, you right. may know my That's name, right. but you clearly don't know anything else about me. So I'm kind of, I wish you didn't even use my name in that context. Agreed. You know? I, I would be more um, engaged with you if you asked what my name was, right? Yeah. Instead of What's your name? Me, right. Exactly. exactly. Are, you in, are you interested in these dresses? <laughs> Not today. Right. Not today. <laughs> but thanks for asking. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Um, I know that you don't have a crystal ball necessarily, but I'm wondering if there are some trends that you see coming around the corner as far as customer experience management comes in 2023 or beyond. Is there anything that you're looking at that um, either gives you concern or gives you some, I don't know, hope, excitement? Um, I'm excited by, I think, you know, through automation, through technology, through several things, just people being uh, connected all the time or having brands having the ability to connect uh, with individuals. Um, I, I start to, I get excited when people connect the dots of like my customer journey. Hmm. Um, and regardless of how I engage with a brand, uh, there's different stages where, again, there's an opportunity to engage with me differently. And, and, and as I, I see more brands, one, recognizing that, and two, that, um, that they're recognizing that like loyalty is not a, um, it's not a card. You know what I mean? It's not a, um, it's not points where you earn and burn, but mm-hmm. they're really starting to see loyalty as an overall strategy of um, let me make this experience better. Mm-hmm. So they engage with my brand more. I mean, it, it sounds very rudimentary and simple, but uh, I, I see that more brands are really getting aggressive around uh, realizing that. And, and, and it's not always trying to find a new customer and the next customer is like, how do I make the existing customer um, happier with their engagement with me and their relationship with me? You know, like I don't consider myself a customer of Delta. I think I have a relationship with Delta Airlines. Mm. And it's employees. I, I think uh, building that loyalty based on experiences is key because that's what we do human to human, right? right. We we do the same thing. And I think until uh, brands start realizing that that's a responsibility, um, if they want to retain those customers is is key. You know, I, I have a, a leaf blower from uh, a certain um, tool manufacturer. And it didn't have any loyalty to them necessarily at all. I bought it because I was like, that's a good price. It's on sale. A couple of months after getting it, the battery conked out. I didn't have the receipt. I couldn't return it. And my wife was like, well, why don't you just call them? And I was like, they're not going to. So I called. Best, one of the best experiences I had with an agent over the phone. I got to somebody quickly. I said, here's my problem. He said, uh, do you have a receipt? And I said, no. He, he said, no problem. Read me the, the serial number, whatever on the battery, write it to him. He goes, you're going to have a new battery in seven to 10 days. I will buy their tools all the time now. Just from that's that right. one interaction. Yeah. Um, right. Because they made my life simpler and they, they solved my problem. You know, I think one of the trends we, we start to see just as it relates to that specifically is that, um, as brands, can we empower consumers to tell that story? 
mm. scale up. We all we all have good intent on, and this is a great brand experience. And I'm gonna you know write them a letter, or give them a good review, or I'll tell people about it. But the reality is, we share the negative more than we share the positive. So Absolutely. is there an opportunity for brands to either empower, you know, a share widget or a, you know, or mm. somewhere to amplify all the good work that their teams are doing? I mean, because they, they are doing really, really good. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, you just made me think of a question and this mm -hmm. might sound silly. Uh, I live on a little cul-de-sac here in my neighborhood. And so I see a lot of delivery trucks go through. And um, I noticed that whenever I see that brown UPS truck go by, they always do like the, the friendliest, like little beep, beep, honk and a wave. <laughs> right. I've waved at FedEx driver. I've waved at an Amazon driver and they look at me like I'm crazy. But like yeah. UPS is always like, hey, you know, somebody just got a package. Isn't that cool? Yeah, high five. It's like right. a weird moment of like, hey, thanks for what you're doing. And they're like, beep, beep, hey, thanks for being you, Nathan. And it makes me feel good. And so I'm wondering in the smallest little way, and I'm wondering if that's part of the customer experience um, and, and brand of UPS. Is that something that's taught to do in UPS? Is that part of the process or is it just that tends to happen? Great. Um, it's a great question. So all the brands I've worked for, um, one, I think they made me better and I learned a lot from. Hmm. Uh, however, I can say my time at UPS and, and working with those folks is like, man, it's, it's it was just uh, just a different experience of the people. You know, just a different mm. experience of of us from a community service aspect of of doing things there. Um, that that culture bleeds over into um, the driver and and how they engage with the community. And uh, you know, and some of those guys have been on and gals have been on routes for years. You know, like mm -hmm. years, and so they know the neighborhood, they know the people, they know the community. So I yeah. um, I don't think it's something that's taught. I think it's just something that's the culture has adopted of like, yeah, this is who we are. Like we, there's, there's a lot of pride in being in that uh, brown package car. Man, I, I think we could talk for a whole nother episode about how culture impacts um, the customer experience. Um, but I know yep. we're short on time. I, I do want to ask you something about uh, something the CCW uh, research report said about context center trends, because we were talking about trends for 2023. Mm -hmm. I think they said that more than 90% of centers complain about agents having to access multiple systems for even the most typical interactions and roughly 80% admit that they're just not delivering a seamless end-to-end -end experience. And that's kind of shocking with the amount of technology that we have. So what are these contact centers missing today and, and how can we get them over these challenges? I know you love people and you love technology. How can we marry these two things so that today in 2023, uh, we don't have to have that disconnected experience anymore? Yeah, I, I think um, one, it's, it definitely takes compelling leadership to understand. I mean, and it's human nature, you know, sometimes uh, when I was at a brand, and, you know, and I had my silo, I kind of like my silo. Uh, but every time I had to partner with another group or organization outside of my team, if we put what is best for the customer, like what is best for this customer experience first, then we found ways to work together. 
we found ways to collaborate on either workflows or tool sets that gave us that uh, broader visibility. It may not be 360, but it was broader than what we had. As we talk to these leaders of care centers, and then it, what we do automatically bleeds over into, as we said earlier, marketing or even research or even product development. Like, can we um, build on the consensus of we want to do what's best for the customer and start to find ways of, um, of bridging that? So it, whether it's a, you know, custom dashboard or some or or allowing you to identify me as a customer as I come in to you, no matter where I come from. Mm -hmm. or even uh, the historical journey of how I've gotten to you. When we were in the care center, especially on social, like you've probably gotten all the baggage and the weight of all these other frustration that has come either from a phone call or email and all these things. And then it finally hits the social care agent, right? And so now they're, they're dealing with not only just it came from care, but they're dealing with the weight of all these other um, friction points within the system that gets to them. So, um, so, so for brands to do it better, I think to your point is spot on. Like there has to be multiple opportunities to get it right for the customer, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's um, a greater emphasis on self-serve so they can find the answer themselves. So if there's someone like you, Nathan, who doesn't want to talk to someone, there's mm -hmm. an opportunity for them to do that. Is there an ability through AI and automation to um, get the right caller to the right agent or the right person, the right issue kind of quicker. So mm -hmm. it's a more uh, data-driven approach to, to how you handle the volume. And, and then some of it is like being proactive, like uh, some of the smarter brands I've seen, they're actually listening to what are people saying about their product? Or what are people saying about the experience? And then they proactively prepare their care centers to handle that volume or prepare their marketing team to proactively address issue or concern right. um, where so now you can begin to, to mitigate that. I think one of the, one of the really smart things that we were doing at a project with Amazon, when we introduced the echo device, like we were listening to like, what's the concern with this device? You know, uh, some people were concerned about privacy, you know, mm -hmm. is my data secure or, or spying, you know, or are you always and So once we understood uh, and did that proactive listening exercise of, what we think the anticipated care calls would be, and then begin to prepare the care team to answer it, but uh, proactively get the marketing team engaged of answering those questions. And that's when you start to see uh, the evolution of, of not only the care organization, but the success of, of the initiative. Hmm. I've worked in the um, contact center space for, uh, a while now. And one of the things that I'm noticing as I'm talking to you that I think makes a big difference, and I'm going to change the way that I speak about it and that I write about it as well is you've constantly said care center. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that small detail that actually says a lot. I mean, there's contact and then there's, <laughs> or there's a, you know, a call center or whatever, right. or let's change our perspective and how we think about it and how we talk about it. It's a care center. And mm -hmm. even that, I think if I'm an employee in that environment and that's coming from my leadership, I think I feel better about my job and I understand and I'm reminded about why I'm there, which is to care. 
Um, closing us out, one of the things we love about CXYs and why we're here is to provide um, a resource and many resources about customer experience so that uh, customer experience professionals can learn, can grow. I'm wondering if you have a book recommendation and I also want to say that um, to our audience members out there, if you would like to receive a copy of whatever book Vincent is about to recommend, we're going to invite you to share uh, your takeaway from this episode on LinkedIn, on social, on Twitter, wherever you're at, and uh, tag us with the hashtag CXYs. And we will get you a copy of whatever tome Vincent is about to recommend to you. So no pressure, Vincent. Wow. That's, uh, that is a bit of pressure. Let's see. So I would say <laughs> um, socialmedia.org is, um, has always been a great way uh, when I was on the brand side of learning, understanding, and, uh, and developing a relationship with peers in the area. As far as a book... I would say um, one that, that I've always kind of gone back to, and, it, and it's been in, in market for a while, it's called Delivering Happiness. Delivering uh, by, Happiness. Uh, yeah, Delivering Happiness uh, by Tony Hesch, who's a Zappo CEO. Yep. Um, and so I thought he had a, just a great delivery of um, purpose, you know, but also passion uh, that kind of leads to profits. So I thought he brings a, a lot of that entrepreneurial spirit uh, spirit together of, I love that. Um, my team and I have been talking a lot about the philosophy of customer experience behind Zappos, actually. So Delivering Happiness is a fantastic, fantastic book. So if you'd like a copy of that book on us, based on Vincent's recommendation, then share hashtag CXYs. So this is my last question before we uh, before we wrap things up. Thanks so much for hanging on with me. Uh, if you could go back to... Uh, freshly out of college, Vincent, working as a manager at Egghead Electronics, what would you tell him about his career trajectory? What would you say to that young store manager? Yeah, I would say, um, man, if I had to give myself advice, and like challenge, continue to challenge leadership, I think. I mean, challenge in the right way. You know, like understand the environment, understand what you're doing, but just don't assume your leaders have the right answer. You know, like, you know, that was saying, be the change you want to see. But then uh, I think the one key pillar is like, always be curious. I mean, you can be curious about things you don't even like, you know, like, right. why don't I like this? Right. And so, <laughs> so that, uh, that DNA of curiosity um, will, will help you make really good decisions and um, enjoy the journey of what you're trying to do. So. Absolutely. Enjoy the journey. Great words to end our show on. Vincent Washington, cannot thank you enough for spending your time with us. Because of you, we are all CX wiser. Thank you so much, sir. We really appreciate it. Until next time, thank thanks you. everybody for listening and watching, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>